Welcome to the December 2022 edition of Agribusiness News, brought to you by the Farm Advisory Service. Agribusiness News helps you to scan your horizon, prepare for industry changes, and keeps you abreast of the latest research and policy updates. Along with our regular monthly updates on policy briefs, cereals and oilseed rape, beef, sheep, and milk. In this edition, we're also bringing you two sector overviews on pigs and the rising energy costs. We will also be bringing you news from COP27 and the 2022-23 Farm Management Handbook. First up is this month's news. The political boat in Westminster may have finally steadied after months of turmoil, but inflation continues to batter both households and businesses. The mild autumn will have come as a blessing to many and helped to keep down costs so far. But all farm businesses will inevitably be seeing rising costs and be considering ways to make efficiency savings. Last month's Agribusiness News highlighted the impact of avian flu on supply of turkeys for this Christmas. And this month's edition includes a summary of the ongoing challenges facing the pig sector linked to feed and energy prices and supply chain constraints. Now that we're going into housing time for livestock, tight supply of cereals will become more apparent. Sectors with sufficient export markets, such as the beef and lamb sector, may have more resilience, particularly as a weakened pound continues to make the UK an attractive place to buy from. Meanwhile, the International Climate Change Summit, COP27, was held in Egypt, with a large focus on the impact of the energy crisis on climate change targets and how to ensure progress towards green transition while maintaining energy security. The other main attention was on developing countries and adaptation to climate change, which may seem far removed from Scottish farming, but there are some useful lessons to take from this. Adaptation will be crucial for farm business resilience in the face of a changing climate. While Scotland may not be faced with the same heat waves as other parts of Europe, with global temperature rise, more extreme rain, flooding and incidence of drought is likely to become more common. These provide real challenges for Scottish farm businesses. Adaptation has been a secondary consideration to mitigation emissions reduction in agriculture, but as it becomes increasingly relevant, it would be wise for farmers to consider the co-benefits of adaptation options with evolving environmental payments, what the risks might look like to their farm, and if there are easy or low-cost ways to factor this into activities or investments now. Moving on to this month's policy briefs, there are three key areas to note. The Scottish Government have announced amendments to the Preparing for Sustainable Farming guidance. Claims should be made annually for work that has been completed between the 1st of January and 31st of December each year. Carbon audits and soil sampling being claimed in 2022 must be completed by the 31st of December. Invoices and payments must be made before the claim is made. 
All claims must be submitted by the 28th of February 2023 for the 2022 carbon audits and soil samples. A separate claim may be made for a carbon audit and soil sample, or both can be claimed at the same time, but only one claim can be made per option per claim year. The claim window for the 2023 PSF year, 1st of January to the 31st of December 2023, opens on the 1st of March 2023. Where claiming for soil analysis, paperwork for all claimed samples must include the following. Business details of the testing company or laboratory, number of samples, analysis details for all mandatory elements. This is pH level, phosphate, potash and carbon. Recommendations for lime and fertiliser based upon the crops intended to be grown reflecting Scottish conditions. A bank or credit card statement demonstrating that the associated invoice has been paid. For further information on preparing for sustainable farming, please visit the Rural Payments and Services section of the Scottish Government website. Further to the announcement of the UK's Chief Veterinary Officers declaring an avian influenza prevention zone across Great Britain, further outbreaks in Scotland have been reported. To check where disease control zones are currently located and if you are in a zone, the Animal and Plant Health Agency, APHA, has produced an interactive map. Keepers of all birds, including pet birds, should familiarise themselves with the avian flu advice on the avian influenza section of the Scottish Government website and report suspicion of disease to your local APHA field services office. In order to help combat climate change and restore nature, the Scottish Government have published a revised draft National Planning Framework for which sets out sustainable policies against which planning applications would be assessed for the next decade. Proposals in NPF 4 include enabling more renewable energy generation outside national parks and national scenic areas to support the transition away from reliance on fossil fuels. Supporting emerging low carbon and zero emissions technologies including hydrogen and carbon capture, and developments on land that unlock the transformative potential of offshore renewable energy, such as expansion of the electricity grid. Waste incineration facilities would be highly unlikely to receive permission. Helping rural communities grow by enabling more local homes and encouraging a more diverse rural economy. Now, looking further afield, Black Sea Grain Initiative. The initial agreement allowing exports of bulk commodities from Black Sea ports has been extended by 120 days from the 18th of November. As of the 29th of November, 12.25 million tonnes have been shipped, of which 41% was maize, 29% wheat, 7% rapeseed and 6% sunflower oil. EU glyphosate. After the EU Appeal Committee on GMOs met on the 15th of November, the Commission is poised to extend the glyphosate approval by one year 
The new regulation is likely to be adopted by the 14th of December 2022. The European Food Safety Authority reassessment of glyphosate is now expected to be published in July 2023 to allow the EFSA time to fully examine all the data. Key dates to note. 31st of December, Scottish Suckler Beef Support Scheme, deadline for applications. 31st December, Preparing for Sustainable Farming, deadline for completion of carbon audits and soil sampling for 2022. 28th of February, Preparing for Sustainable Farming, deadline for 2022 claims for carbon audits and soil sampling. Invoices and payments must be made before the claim is made. Moving on to cereals and oilseed rape. It seems that for most of 2022, we have been reporting on diminishing world grain stockpiles. And now, according to the International Grains Council, we're currently at an eight-year low for global grain stocks and a 10-year low for global maize stocks. At the same time, the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates report from the USDA increased its estimated figures for global supply, consumption, trade and ending stocks. Global supply, by way of example, is raised to 782.7 million tonnes. However, South America supply remains a key concern, with persistent dryness forcing the USDA to lower its Argentinian wheat crop estimate by 1.5 million tonnes to a new total of 15.5 million tonnes. The report kept Russian wheat production at 91 million tonnes, despite most estimates from the trade being closer to 100 million tonnes. The exports estimate remains at a sizeable 42 million tonnes, which would require an average of 3.5 million tonnes of export each month to realise. Ukrainians' grain exports, by contrast, reached 15.6 million tonnes by mid-November, down 31% on the year. This total includes 6 million tonnes of wheat, 1.3 million tonnes of barley and 8.3 million tonnes of maize. In October, around 4.2 million tonnes of grain left Ukrainian ports. It's expected that this figure will not reach 3 million tonnes for November, a key watch point for markets. Global supply remains understandably tight and markets continue to react to this news from Ukraine. Slower than expected Ukrainian exports could support markets, but recessionary concerns and questions over Chinese demand outweigh this in the short term. For maize, tight global supply keeps prices elevated in the long and short term, but recessionary concerns could limit any rises. South American plantings will be something to monitor over the next few weeks. The UK picture remains fluid, with large crop and surplus chasing limited consumer demand. What looks like continued lower demand in most sectors in the UK, from livestock to ethanol, means we will continue to follow global pricing trends. However, 
Prices remain relatively strong as questions around global supply reaching the market persist. The AHDB recently released early balance sheet estimates for UK wheat and barley for 2022-23. Larger wheat carry-in stocks combined with a rise in production outweighs the increase in usage leading to a substantial exportable surplus for 2022-23 of circa 2 million tonnes. With the UK being the cheapest or second cheapest wheat in the world since harvest, we could see all of our surplus exported by the spring. Any imports required thereafter would, however, be very costly. Note to the feed sector. For barley, Lacklustre demand from the animal feed sector, down 5%, and higher production, up 3%, is expected to lead to a larger surplus, but the balance sheet remains relatively tight in a historical context. UK maize usage is expected to continue to be capped by higher domestic availability of other grains. Oats, meanwhile, have seen another bumper crop leading to another year of high exports forecast. Now, let's move on to beef. A lift in prime cattle prices last month as processors look to secure enough prime cattle to fulfil Christmas orders was short-lived. Finished prices have started to ease over the past weeks due to processors nearing halfway through their Christmas kill. For week ended 19th November, the R4L price for Scotland was 461 pence per kilogram. This is likely to drop further in the coming weeks as processors report slow demand. Beef sale volumes continue to be down on the year. The only beef seeing growth in volume is mince and switch back to killing more cows each week. In line with seasonality, as processors focus on prime cattle for their Christmas kill, cull cow prices have fallen back in recent weeks, although prices are still substantially higher than this time last year and above the five-year average. However, demand remains strong for cows, which is likely to continue into the new year. As following Christmas, consumers will look to make cost savings, turning to cheaper cuts after the Christmas spend, in addition to the pressures of the cost of living crisis. The cost of living crisis is also affecting cattle hide prices, as retail sales of finished leather have slowed, reportedly linked to economic pressures. UK cattle hide prices over the past few weeks have continued to fall, with tanners affected by rising processing costs, in particular energy, labour and chemicals. The concern now is that slaughter rates may increase over the winter as cattle finishers contend with the pressures of high feed costs. Store cattle prices have also generally eased over recent weeks, with leaner, lighter types being met with resistance due to finishers mindful of the longer keep time and cost to feed these types. Although feed prices have eased from pre-harvest highs, tight supplies are keeping prices supported as we enter winter peak demand. 
Quality prevails in the store ring with well-bred suckled calves with good bone and shape and good weights for their age continuing to sell well. With such a strong trade for suckled calves, many farmers have chosen to sell more calves this back end as farmer margins continue to feel the pressure of high input costs. Food security remains a concern for the industry. The COVID-19 pandemic, the fallout from Brexit and the impact of Russia's invasion of Ukraine have placed greater strain on both domestic and global food supply chains. The UK is barely 60% self-sufficient in food production. And all this comes at a time when the agricultural industry is at a crossroads. Farmers are under pressure to tackle climate change while being faced with challenging economics, with input costs remaining significantly higher than last year. There may have to be some tough decisions made in 2023, with the continuing pressures of feed, fuel and fertiliser price hikes all taking their toll on businesses. We are still no further forward with policy and future support, which only adds further to the uncertainties of what lies ahead. Moving on to the sector focus on pigs. The pig sector is still very much in the doldrums, with increasing costs continuing the long period of negative margins, despite pig meat prices now being at record levels. In October, AHDB estimated that the UK pig sector has cumulatively lost £700 million since autumn 2020 when the current crisis began. Prices have undoubtedly improved during 2022. The standard pig's price has climbed from a low of 137 pence per kilogram in February, reaching 200 pence per kilogram in September, driven by falling supplies at home and in Europe. Since then, however, it has plateaued, and the harsh reality is that due to the complex pricing mechanisms in place, producers are receiving prices well below this. Pig meat prices in Europe have also risen considerably in this time, although it is still cheap enough to undercut home-produced pork in UK supermarkets. AHDB revealed that, compared with July 2021, imports had increased by 19% year-on-year, although exports, particularly of offal, had also increased. Backlogs have started to appear on farms again, with slaughter weights beginning to creep up over the last two months. Slaughter weights have crept back down to just over 87 kilograms in August, following the rise to 95.8 kilograms in January with pandemic and staffing issues. More recently, however, slaughter weights have increased to 90 kilograms, with several issues cited from lack of demand to plant reliability. Data from AHDB relating to pig producer margins estimates that producers were losing £52 per pig with prices 58 pence per kilogram below the cost of production in quarter two of 2022. 
This represented the seventh consecutive quarter of negative margins. Despite feed costs easing over the early summer, cereal and proteins are firming again, energy prices are jumping, with increases in terms of labour and other costs. Rising interest rates will also now begin to take their toll, especially as overdrafts continue to grow. A recent AHDB estimate suggests that even with much improved prices, there is still an average loss of £28 per pig. While losses are not as bad as earlier in the year, a large hole still remains, and cash flows will again be stretched as homegrown grains get used up and barley and wheat needs to be brought in. Feed wheat and barley are beginning to rise again, though, and soya also remains expensive, with the events in the Black Sea adding further volatility. Feed is by far the biggest cost for pig producers, and figures from AHDB show that feed has gone from 63% to 73% of production costs over the past two years. This translates to a rise from £86 per pig to just under £156 per pig in the same period. Cull sows are now worth between 65 and 70 pence per kilogram and with the EU being the main outlet, the weakening pound has helped support this market despite plenty sows coming forward as herds are dispersed and cut back. Rising feed prices and concerns over future margins means that weaners continue to be a hard sell as specialist finishers remain very cautious. The sustained period of losses has inevitably seen a reduction in the UK breeding herd as producers cut back or in many cases leave the sector altogether. DEFRA's latest census revealed that while pig numbers dropped 4% overall on the year, this was driven largely by a drop in the breeding herd of 18%. With the typical pig production cycle of five months, this will result in reduced numbers of finishing pigs before the end of the year, tightening supplies greatly, which may provide the impetus to start prices rising again. One of the dangers of a falling breeding herd is that infrastructure that supports it also shrinks to fit, rather than leave capacity for the sector to bounce back. This has been seen in recent weeks, with one processor announcing the closure of two plants and a reduction in output of another. Falling consumer demand has also been blamed for some of the sector's woes, with AHDB Outlook predicting a 2% fall before the current cost of living crisis. With household budgets stretched, Pork may be seen as a cheaper and tastier alternative compared to the more traditional and expensive festive meats, helping arrest the decline in demand. When combined with the expected contraction of supply, it may help kick-start some much-needed price rises and offer hope for a happier new year for pig producers. Moving on to the sheep industry. The Finnish lamb trade has held well compared to the high prices of 2022. 
It stabilised through much of October, but has shown a continual lift throughout November. Starting with a standard quality quotation at the week ending 5th of November 22 of 512.6 pence per kilogram to 547.2 pence per kilogram for the week ending 19th November. Now at the end of November, the Christmas cull has started, which should further strengthen the price, combined with a strong demand from the continent. The live ring has shown less stability, shadowed by lambs lacking a finish coming through. Well-finished lambs are and will remain to make a premium. DEFRA figures show for January to October 2022, UK adult kill for sheep to have reached 1 million, an increase of 5% compared to the same period in 2021. The cull ewe trade has firmed again following a similar pattern to 2021. There are now fewer ewes coming forward as producers focus on the next breeding season, which has reduced the supply coming forward, aiding the price rise. As of 12th November, French and Spanish lamb has continued to climb in value, now breaking the €8 per kilogram barrier for French lamb. New Zealand lamb has come back in value and the price gap has reduced between Australian lamb at €4.81 per kilogram deadweight and New Zealand lamb at €5 per kilogram deadweight. Northern Ireland lamb is priced at €5.73 per kilogram and Great British lamb at €6.11 per kilogram deadweight. Beef and Lamb New Zealand and the Meat Industry Association produced a document looking at the carbon footprint of exported meat. The findings were that the carbon footprint of New Zealand exported lamb was either lower or similar to lamb produced domestically in the countries they used as comparison. One kilogram of New Zealand sheep meat is reported to have a carbon footprint of just under 15 kilograms CO2 equivalent emissions per kilogram. When comparing to other countries, the report looked at the footprint associated with the footprint attached to the transporting, chilling, storage, distribution, purchase and cooking of the lamb within the destination country. The greenhouse gas emissions for these were 0.96 kilograms CO2 equivalent emissions per kilogram. Shipping contributed 43% of this and cooking following this at 38%. In the document, a domestically produced lamb in the UK is quoted production through to cooking as 13.88 kilogram CO2 equivalent emissions per kilogram. To view the report, please visit the Beef and Lamb New Zealand website. These figures and research are very interesting at a time when trade deals are being continued through our parliamentary process and consumers' choices will continue to be persuaded through environmental credentials, with New Zealand's farming systems largely being pasture-based. Now, let's move on to milk. 
AHCB milk production data shows the output for October 2022 is estimated at 1,222.98 million litres before butterfat adjustment. An increase of 27.5 million litres on a year, on year basis. Cumulative UK production for the 2022-23 milk year to the end of October 2022 stands at 8,791.32 million litres before butterfat adjustment, which is 67.74 million litres lower output compared with the same time last year. The UK average milk price for October 2022 is estimated at 50.44 pence per litre. This represents a 1.64 pence per litre increase from the previous month, 48.8 pence per litre, and a year-on-year increase of 17.78 pence per litre from October 2021. The main price changes for December 2022 are as follows. Please note that all prices are in pence per litre. Arla Foods Amber After a late €1.5 increase to the November milk price, Arla has confirmed a hold on the November milk price going into December. The liquid standard litre price for December holds at 50.24. The manufacturing standard litre holds at 52.24. Arla Foods Organic No change for December. The organic manufacturing standard litre holds at 57.02. The liquid standard litre price holds at 54.85. Muller Direct. No change for December farm gate milk price. Muller Organic. The Muller Organic milk price will hold at 56.0 for December. First Milk. First Milk will hold the November milk price for December. First Milk has also confirmed a hold on prices from December into January 2023. Fresh Milk Company Lactalis Following a late announcement at the end of October, the Lactalis milk price for November increased by 0.42, taking the manufacturing standard litre milk price up to 50.12. The liquid standard litre milk price increased by 0.41 to 48.21. Lactalis has confirmed a hold on November prices going into December. Sainsbury's. The retailer has confirmed a 0.5 pence per litre increase for December. The price for Muller members of SDDG increases to 47.50 for the liquid standard litre, whilst Arla members increase to 47.38. Both prices incorporate a booster payment, currently 3.0 pence per litre, which will continue up until spring 2023. Co-op The co-op farm gate milk price will increase by 0.16 for December on the back of the SDGG price increase. The co-op price tracks Muller, TSDG, SDDG and Muller Direct prices. The liquid standard litre price increases 
from 47.67 to 47.83 for December 2022. The following annual average milk price estimates for November 2022 in pence per litre are Lactalis and Fresh Milk Company, 48.21 First Milk Liquid, 48.02 First Milk Manufacturing, 49.69 Muller Direct, 47.75 During the first quarter of the year, January to March, world market dairy product prices were supported by tight supplies coupled with limited growth in global milk production. Since the end of the first quarter, the situation has changed. High product prices combined with rising inflation have impacted on consumer demand, leading to a softening in price levels for all dairy commodities. For the main UK dairy commodity prices for November, butter has fallen to £5,280 per tonne. Skimmed milk powder has fallen to £2,610 per tonne. Bulk cream to £2,357 per tonne. And mild cheddar to £4,760 per tonne. With product prices on a downward trajectory, some milk buyers may struggle to maintain current farm gate prices in the absence of improved returns from the market. Date for your diary. Semex conference, the 15th to the 17th of January 2023 at Radisson Blue Hotel in Glasgow. To find out more and to register, please visit the Semex marketing website. We're now going to move on to a sector focus on energy costs. While natural gas prices have fallen to levels consistent with previous years, the future of Europe's energy markets remains uncertain. A strong rebound in demand in 2021, followed by the outbreak of the war in Ukraine in 2022, caused natural gas prices to increase sixfold in one year, peaking in the UK at 702.95 pence per therm on 26th of August. One therm equals 100 cubic feet of gas. The price has been driven up due to the ongoing economic battle between Russia and the West. Russia accounted for 45% of Europe's gas imports in 2021. However, they have been shutting off the tap. Russia has decreased its gas supply to EU states by 88% over the past year, closing the Nord Stream pipeline indefinitely in August. The EU has responded by sourcing its gas from elsewhere and is scheduled to cease all seaborne imports of Russian gas this December. The squeeze on supply has subsided for the moment and the gas prices have come back down Record-breaking imports of liquefied natural gas, LNG, from the USA, a warm October and a strong supply from wind power have contributed to the UK price falling 66% from the August peak. 
now similar to last year's prices. There is continuing uncertainty about how prices will move in the near term. High pressure forecasted for December could bring less wind and colder temperatures, pushing prices back up somewhat. European states are scrambling to dismantle their reliance on Russian gas, both seeking deals with alternate suppliers like Qatar and building input terminals or floating plants at ports which are required to turn the LNG back into usable gas. However, these changes will take time to come online and if Russia cuts all gas supply to Europe in 2023, there will be a shortfall of 140 billion cubic metres of gas, equal to 27% of the current LNG market. This type of economic war of attrition hurts both parties. Decreasing use of cheap Russian gas will lead to rationing and deepening economic recession. Synthetic fertiliser price is driven by natural gas, which accounts for 60-80% to of input costs to this industry in Europe. Skyrocketing gas prices have caused many facilities to reduce or halt production, including CF Industries at their Billingham site in late August. Decreased domestic production has made the UK dependent on expensive imported ammonium nitrate, £870 per tonne in September, and a 120% increase over September 2021. Because of its link to natural gas, fertiliser price is similarly uncertain. Continued price volatility and the weakness of sterling means imports will remain expensive. There are a few mitigating circumstances for farmers. Dry weather before this year's harvest, reduced fertiliser application for some and grain prices are strong. In the 2023 season, the trade-off between additional yield from increased fertiliser application and input costs of fertiliser requires close attention. High winter rainfall this year may reduce UK soil nitrogen supply. Farmers should plan to do soil pH tests in the spring to optimise fertiliser use. While natural gas prices have come down, the summer price spike has lingering effects. The closure of facilities like the CF Industries site means fertiliser prices will be slower to fall. Other dependent products like AdBlue, required in diesel engines to neutralise nitric oxide emissions, face major shortages. Finally, electricity and heat generation has reverted to coal in some countries which releases at least twice the CO2 per unit of electricity produced, plus other harmful air pollutants. A major takeaway from this energy crisis is the urgent need to accelerate our energy transition to a mix of local and renewable sources. This change will be expensive as well, but will result in massive long-term savings through protecting countries from costly price shocks 
and mitigating the worst of climate change fallout. Moving on to the Farm Management Handbook. With the importance of forward budgeting and seeking to minimise carbon emissions by maximising technical efficiency, the 43rd edition of the SAC Farm Management Handbook, co-funded by the Scottish Government, is now available to download free on the Farm Advisory Service website. To own your own hard copy of this comprehensive and up-to-date source of farm and rural business management information, please visit the SAC Consulting website or contact us on 01835 823 322 or email the Farm Management Handbook team on fmh at sac.co.uk. The handbook includes gross margins and technical details for livestock, crop and organic enterprises, information on direct payments, basic payment scheme, greening, grant schemes and rural development programmes. Carbon section, which highlights the main greenhouse gases in agriculture, explains how the carbon footprinting process works, identifies mitigation measures and provides farm benchmarks. Guidance on diversification, building and machinery costs, renewable energy, farm woodland, crofting and small farms, new entrants, finance, taxation and much more. Finally, we will give an update on COP27. Unlike in 2021, when Glasgow hosted the Global Climate Change Conference, COP26, this year's conference in Egypt seems to have flown slightly under the radar. Coming out of COP26 last year, climate finance was one of the main unresolved areas which looked likely to be a main focus of this year's summit. However, the energy crisis triggered by Russia's war on Ukraine has since shifted priorities on the agenda and demanded a more nuanced discussion around reducing global emissions. In particular, issues of global food and energy security now have greater importance, reflecting economic instability and recession, and there is arguably greater resignation to the role of fossil fuels in the short-medium term for a transition to low-carbon energy systems in the long term. This year saw greater representation of fossil fuel delegates with mixed views, some feeling that it was necessary to find solutions to current complex energy problems and others feeling it allowed greater influence of vested interests of an unsustainable and carbon-intensive energy system. Climate finance was still a large theme for COP27 and was in the lead-up to the event, especially given various extreme weather events in recent months around the world. But the focus was on adaptation and remuneration rather than on mitigation as per previous years. This perhaps reflects the interests of the host country and of Africa more broadly. 
to which much current available climate finance is in the form of more loans. A continent that is burdened with decades of existing development loans from Western nations, along with an array of conditions on finance, adding further burden. The adaptation and remuneration or loss and damage focus also crucially reflects the increased struggles of developing countries to adopt green transition in their current economic and energy crisis and their willingness but limitations to advance low carbon trajectories. In summary, loss and damage would entail developed Western countries paying developing countries for historic carbon emissions, essentially a sort of climate polluter pays compensation, which would allow developing countries to invest in their own low carbon transition and green infrastructure. Crucially, COP27 outlined that a global carbon windfall tax on fossil fuel companies would be a main source of revenue for a loss and damage fund. Arguably, loss and damage also provides ongoing greater financial incentive for developed countries not to continue emitting, assuming a long-term picture is considered. The scale of such finance, however, is hard to grasp. Recent analysis suggests that around 4 trillion US dollars would be required every year to finance climate mitigation, emissions reduction, and adaptation, resilience to climate change. And this excludes loss and damage. To put this into context, that's around 10% of all money circulated globally each year. What is clear from this is that private sector investment is absolutely essential to meet climate goals and public legislation is not sufficient. Currently, there's no obligation for the private sector to set or meet green targets, leaving two options for governments. One, to regulate to hold the private sector to account. Or two, to adjust the incentives for green investment and adaptation. While we are seeing a huge increase in interest and availability of green finance, it could be argued that the majority is not yet fundamentally adjusting incentives to catalyse sustainable and green financial decisions. Linking back to Scottish agriculture, there are implications of the above in relation to scope 4 and assurance required for offsetting emissions, where agriculture sits as both a contributor to emissions requiring offsetting and also a potential source of offsetting. COP27 also highlights the importance of climate change becoming a critical part of food sourcing and security in the future. The need for adaptation of agriculture systems and increased efficiency and the role of agriculture in fossil fuel transition. Thanks very much for listening to this audio edition of the December 2022 Agribusiness News. This edition was edited by Anna Sellers and included articles written by Christine Beaton, Mark Bauscher Gibbs, Sarah Balfour, George Chalmers, Kirsten Williams, Alistair Beatty, 
Brady Stevens and Anna Sellers. Presented by myself, Tiffany McTaggart, and produced by Alistair Trail.